You're at the Over or Under Show. I'm your host, Ed Henderson. And man, it's a crazy world we live in. It has no shortages of rabbit holes. I'm not scared of rabbit holes. If you're not scared of rabbit holes, this show is for you. Let's see if we can jump in one and make our way back to the top. Welcome to Over and Under. I'm your host, Ed Henderson. Thank you once again for streaming the podcast. Always grateful to the listeners. Those people are interested. It's it's really fascinating to me and to think that somebody all the way across the Atlantic Ocean is listening to this podcast, that I would sit here in the comfort of my bedroom in front of my computer and just start recording and that anybody in England or Scotland, Ireland, got lessons in Puerto Rico, Australia, that they would find my little podcast and start listening to it. It's kind of like finding a bottle in the ocean, right, and opening it up to see what was written on it. And that's that's kind of the way that I look at it. But I do so sincerely. I know I say it in every podcast, and I hope you don't ever think that it's not sincere. Every time I say it, it was just as sincere as the first time that I thanked you for streaming the podcast. So today is uh, Friday Ramblings, Rambling Fridays, however you want to refer to it. I really don't care because this is where I just get to sit in front of the microphone and ramble as opposed to reading a bunch of articles and sifting through a bunch of statistics and facts, which there's quite a bit of work. I mean, I have really gained a lot of appreciation for people who bring you a 20 and 30 minute podcast. Some people's podcasts are full of information from the time they begin to the time they end. And then a lot of people have a lot of filler, but any way you want to cut it, those people put a lot of time in. And I, before starting to do podcasts, would listen to podcasts. They were great when I was out walking, maybe I was on the treadmill. And if it was interesting, it was really a very cool way to pass time. So I hope that my podcast will serve the same thing, that it will inform you at times, that it will entertain you at times, and sometimes just help you pass time, but that you would just find value in it. So like I said, today's uh, Rambling Fridays. One of the things that I was going to talk to you about, and I told my wife I was going to share this on the podcast. She's a avid TikToker. I'm not. I have enough enough things that I'm involved with and social media just seems to really take up a lot of time. I mean, you can spend hours on Facebook and things like TikTok. But when she comes across something she thinks will interest me, she will bring it to my attention. This was a little Hispanic girl. I really couldn't tell how old she was. Somewhere between, I don't know, first, third grade. I don't think she was in fourth grade. But she comes in and she tells her dad, she says, Dad, uh, another girl at the school told me I was a lesbian. And her dad said, so what did you tell him? She, he, she said, I'm Mexican. That only highlights where a child's mind is at. Now, I don't know why the other child is so well versed in so many things that she would call somebody a lesbian that doesn't even know what a lesbian is. But this is where we're at today. You know, DeSantis uh, passed the... What is referred to is the no gay, don't say gay bill, which doesn't say anything about don't say gay. He just, I think, rightfully has thought, you know, there are the things that we need to be pursuing. This is something that should be between the parents and their children. You have a lot of teachers out there that disagree strongly. I know some teachers personally, and they feel, I mean, they're great people, mind you, sweet people, but they think that. It's their job to teach these things to kids because for whatever reason, they don't feel like the parents are capable of 
just for the record, I'm on the side. I, I believe there are some things that should be left to the parents. So ever since God and the Bible and those kinds of things were taken out of the school, I don't think it's fair that since you removed those that you replaced them with the religion of secularism. And it is a religion. It is the antithesis of what religion is. But in the same time, it's got its followers. It has its people. And it's, it's the United States 2022. I guess you have a right to believe whatever you want to believe in. But if we're going to be respectful and take, take the... Uh, Christian, Judeo-Christian God out of the schools, we can't be replacing it with the gods of men, right? I mean, is it too much to ask that we teach our kids how to read, write, maybe teach them some history? I mean, real history about their country. That seems to be totally legit. And I think that's why DeSantis has overwhelming support in Florida as he takes sometimes these I guess people think they're insane, insane to do some of the things he does, but he's just standing on common sense. You know, I guess a lot of people may put me in the conservative category, and I mean, that's okay. I mean, that, that's fine, but I don't know why I'm put on the right for having common sense. You know, I call it, I mean, that little dude that I tell you that story about all the time, the, uh, the Hans Christian Andersen story, story about... The little boy who told the king that he actually did not have clothes on, that he was naked. I think uh, it's called the emperor's new clothes, and it really should be called the emperor has no clothes. But that little boy would not be woke today. He would not be considered a progressive. And I've said it before, I don't think the story tells what happens to that little boy. But today he would be taken off somewhere uh, ostracized and uh, possibly re-educated. He would not be celebrated. So I don't even know if you can tell that story in school anymore, but it seems like we've lost our ability just to acknowledge truth. Oh, how about the uh, COVID mask thing? Did you like your short reprieve of not having to wear a mask? I don't wear a mask. I mean, that that is just silliness. And I mean, the CDC has lost all their credibility. I'm, I'm assuming that it's still being run by Dr. Rochelle Walensky. I haven't seen her since they sent her off to learn how to communicate because that's what they said, that she was having a problem communicating. That really came to a head on May 13th, 2021, when she cites studies that were done by Israel and makes references to two studies in the U.S. I don't know what the sources of those other two studies were. But her findings were that the vaccines were 90% effective in keeping people from being infected by the coronavirus and 94% effective in preventing hospitalization. So she gave the, uh, I'll go ahead to take the mask off on May, May 13th, 2021. What she failed to do, though, was to get with the uh, people like the Teachers Association. She probably should have got with the uh, president staff she definitely should have got with Anthony Fauci because man they started walking that back about as quick as it came out and then it comes back and says something about uh, I'm wrong I was wrong the Israel study it was flawed but she she doesn't mention anything about the other two sources uh, that seem to back up the Israeli finding but what I'm getting at real quick anybody regardless of what side you're on and, and for goodness sake if you like wearing a mask wear a mask i I'm fine with it. I just wish y'all would leave everybody else alone that has chosen not to wear a mask. That seems to be a, a good trade-off. 
For me, for me personally, when it comes to face mask, I have to be quite honest with you. This is where I really put my true understanding because this is a communication between Dr. Fauci and a good friend by the name of Sylvia Burwell. She is a former Secretary of Health and Human Services under Barack Obama. And she's getting ready to go on a trip. Uh, the, where she went is redacted. That's not necessary, but it's in quotations. It says, Tony, I'm traveling to wherever. Folks are suggesting I take a mask for the airport, Burwell wrote. Is this something I should do? And this is what Fauci says to her. Sylvia, masks are really for infected people to prevent them from spreading infection to people who are infected rather than protecting uninfected people from acquiring infection. Wrote the head of the National Institute of Allergies and Infectious Diseases. This was reported in Reuters July 16th. Um, you know, Tony Fauci, Dr. Fauci, he's talking to a dear friend right here. So if he was telling the rest of the country not to wear masks because later on revisionist uh, telling of the story that he wanted to make sure that those people who needed those masks would have them, a good story, by the way, it's totally legit. But here he is talking to a friend, trying to give her the skinny, give her the scoop. And I'm going to say because they're talking to each other in the first name, they, they have a very good relationship. You know, he could have told her things such as, you know, hey, don't get one of those cheap paper masks. Make sure you stop somewhere. I've got a box of M95 masks. He doesn't say anything. He doesn't express any kind of concern to her. And I'll just say it one more time. This is Tony. He says masks are really for infected people to prevent them from spreading infection to people who are not infected rather than protecting uninfected people from acquiring infection. Yeah, I've always put a lot of a lot of credibility when I see people writing letters to their loved ones. Like if I'm if I'm researching a historical figure writing letters to his wives or his or his children, I, I put a lot more into that a lot of times than I do the perceptions that people try to make us have of this person because unless there's some type of drained relationship between the two people that are communicating, I'm thinking that that is a very thoughtful, truthful, that the person is really trying to express themselves as they are. They're not thinking about their titles. They're not thinking about how things will be read hundreds of years from now. They are just communicating to that person in real time. So Let's say we're talking about Robert E. Lee and how he felt about slavery. You know, you have to rely on a lot of people to tell you exactly what his true feelings were about it. But then you can look at a letter that he actually wrote to his wife where he expresses his true feelings. I'm not going to get into that today. I'm just saying I think you would say after some thought, I would probably put that came straight from him. That came straight from with him to his hand, through his pen and then written to his wife. So I would put more credibility in that piece of actual evidence. I mean, everything else in a court of law is just hearsay, right? So uh, when I look at the whole mask mandate, I'm going to put a whole lot more in what Tony's telling his friends and families as opposed to what he's telling you and me. And, you know, Tony is pretty sketch. You got to admit, he's pretty sketch. Uh, interesting. I'll give you a quick bio on Tony. Tony is the son of a pharmacist. Yeah, he started this early. He's been in government for over 50 years. He was there when AIDS came through. National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease, chief medical director to the president, several presidents, recipient of the Presidential Medal of Freedom, 
physician with the nation's institute of health or known as nih just about any organization that tony interacts with he's got deep tentacles that run deep in relationship i'm not going to i'm not going to come out and make a clear-cut indictment but i will just say that the opportunity for a bubble world to form where information is started within the bubble it's put outside the bubble it comes back to the bubble it's reconfirmed and therefore that must be correct information is 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 pretty plausible and and even likely i would say and i think that's what we've seen nothing got to remember there has not been a 100 percent consensus on doctors it was quite a few doctors that felt that the way to go about covid was to protect those people in place uh, that were most vulnerable and let the world go on. Now, we will never know exactly what would have happened, just how bad it would have gotten, but something that's coming to light is those vaccines are not as effective. I mean, how many vaccines do you, can you think of? They're telling you to get booster shots within two weeks. You get the third shot, the fourth shot, the fifth shot. Fifth shot. You know, sometimes like the flu shot, which has always been voluntary, that's, a, that's at best once a year. I think they stopped testing because... Unlike the message that was getting pushed out that this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated, it came very clearly after so many people were vaccinated. No, this is a pandemic of the vaccinated. And so are we living with this thing and people are making it political? That's my take on it. I think it's very political. I think that's why masks are back in the news. I think you're going to see or I think you're going to see them attempt to elevate this thing too because we are coming up to midterms and it looks like it's going to be devastating for the democrats they've got people in their own party that's starting to split and starting to peel yeah i think uh i think rightfully so too when you've got people like aoc and nancy pelosi who just knows that their seats are secured you could run use an analogy by nancy pelosi herself and one of the most insightful things i've ever heard her say yeah, you could take a, an aluminum can. I think she was talking about AOC, too. You could take a beer can and put a D on it, and it would get elected. And so for these people who have such safe elections, they have never given any type of concern to those Democrats who are in more conservative. I mean, the, those places that are not as progressive and woke and still still love Jesus, still still love their gun rights and well, they've even got people within their party that are given a second look as to uh, whether whether I should even be a Democrat. But I think they're they're looking at a whopping. So why do I think that this thing is starting to get new legs and new breath? Well, one of the better things I think that could happen for them is to go back to mail-in ballots. I mean, you heard the stories of trucks pulling up after polls had closed. You've got testimony from a postal worker that says he delivered them, that he was shocked at what he saw. You know, these things are not making it into the court of law because when you have that type of information getting out, you don't want people cross-examining these people. I mean, it'd be best to just let the story die out is what they try to do. But yeah, that well, at least that's my theory. And don't be hating on me. Like I said, this is Friday Ramblings. I can have an opinion like anybody or a thought. I didn't tell you it was the God's honest truth. I didn't tell you that it was an absolute fact. Can't do that. People like that postal guy who drove says he drove all those things. It never made it to court, so it hasn't been adjudicated, has not been confirmed. But I would think somebody making such a uh, 
statement would be brought into a court of law or at least in front of a congressional hearing where the rest of the country can see this. Here's an interesting topic that I've been intrigued with for many years. I would tell people about this and it would just shock them until they sat down and did a Google search. But if you're not familiar with the term transabled, these are people who they look at themselves and all the limbs are working correctly, but they see themselves as being disabled. And some of them have actually certified doctors who remove limbs. I even heard in some European countries they will pay to have it done. Don't take that as a fact. I haven't read into that enough to confirm that. But, this man, I've seen much crazier things here lately, so it's a possibility. But this is a this is a uh, article in the National Post, and this is in quotations. It says we define trans ability as the desire or the need for a person identified as able bodied by other people to transform his or her body to obtain physical impairment, says Alexandre Barrio, a Quebec-born academic who will present on trans ability at this week's Congress of the Social and Humanities at the University of Ottawa. This is the way it appears to happen, people. Do you remember when you heard the craziness of new pronouns new pronouns that were coming down? And we started thinking, well, that, that will probably be cut off somewhere. I mean, there, there's silliness everywhere, but that's not going to be mainstreamed. And then you started hearing things like uh, some professors and students were being disciplined because they were failing to call people by their proper pronouns and now here we are i mean i think in canada where this uh this social sciences humanities professor is uh, going to be covering this topic I, I think it's against the law you can actually be i don't know if it's a fine i don't know if they write your citation it's kind of hard to believe that they would take you and wheel you off and put you incarcerate you because you uh messed up and called somebody the wrong pronoun but that was for real. That's how it started. So I have known of this term transabled well over a decade, but now it is uh, really starting to, to catch on. And the article goes on and it talks about this guy called One, one Hand Jason. Yeah, Jason, uh, unable to become transabled, which he really strongly wanted. He took a very sharp uh, piece of equipment and, and cut his entire arm off, so now he is transabled. But yeah, Jason said for months he tried different means of cutting and crushing the limb that never quite felt like his own, and training himself on first aid so he wouldn't bleed to death. I, mean, I guess that shows he is of reasonable mind, right? He could bleed to death. Even practicing on animal parts sourced from a butcher. My goal was to get the job done with no hope of reconstruction or reattachment, and I wanted some method that I could actually bring myself to do, he told the body modification website mod blog. So if you find any interest in that, just as I always tell you, to go to Google and put in Transable, you'll find out this is a very real deal. Uh, the article closes out saying researchers in Canada are trying to better understand how Transable people think and feel. Clive Baldwin, a Canada research chair in narrative studies who teaches social work at St. Thomas University in Fredericton, MB, has interviewed 37 people worldwide who identifies as transable. Most of them are men, about half are in Germany and Switzerland, but he knows of a few in Canada. Most crave amputation or paralysis, though he's interviewed one person who wants his penis removed. I think that's a common thing today, right? Another wants to be blind. 
Many people like uh, One Hand Jason arrange accidents to help achieve the goal. One dropped an incredibly heavy concrete block on his legs in an attempt to injure himself so bad an amputation would be necessary. But doctors saved the leg. He limps, but it's not the disability he wanted. The transabled are very secretive and often keep their desires to themselves, Baldwin says. One 78-year-old man told Baldwin he lived with the secret for 60 years and never told his wife. Some of his studies and participants draw parallels to the experience many transgender people express of not feeling like they're in the right body. Baldwin says this disorder is starting to be thought of as a neurological problem with the body's mapping rather than a mental illness. Yet transgender was considered a mental illness until 2018. I don't know how they came to the uh, understanding that it would no longer be a mental illness, but as you know, it's it's been fairly mainstreamed. You got Caitlyn Jenner. Um, you, I, the the story I shared with you about the swimmer, what's her name, Leah Thomas, which uh, is kicking all the girls and women's butts in swimming. And what makes that story even more bizarre? She started, I think she started the sandbag. There was a guy who actually did a study uh, who looks at uh, the performances of athletes. I think he does so more as uh, a way for people to train more efficiently, maybe track their improvements. But after watching some of her laps, he states that he thinks that she's sandbagging and Leah's probably sandbagging and leaving a couple of positions and maybe a few trophies on the table to try to lessen the, uh, I guess, the outrage from the families and the public in general. People like DeSantis has even said... uh, they're not even going to recognize anything that Leah wins down there. They're going to recognize the real women who have. Yeah, this is a very serious study that is getting to go underway, and it's using the same language that transsexuals uh, use to justify their transforming. You know, they cut off body parts. They cut their breast off. Uh, they cut their penis off, which was uh, noted in this National Post story. This um, Baldwin, I don't know if he's a doctor, the one that's uh, undertaking the study. I don't know if he's in the field of psychiatry. I don't see it in the article that's before me right now. But it sounds like he is being very serious as he's trying to look into this. But it is a very real, um, we'll call it a situation. We'll try to keep any judgment out of this. I'm just pointing out that the people and the participants that he is working with are making the exact same argument that transsexuals are making. And, you know, I, you remember I told you, my son told you that I, um, I'm, I'm bad about making the slippery slope argument. And then I am because I always wonder when I see somebody going down what, what it seems to be absurd to me. And I'm being very humble. I'm being very understanding. What might be absurd to me might make perfectly good sense to you. But when I see uh, people having penises cut off and cutting their breast off, I mean, is is cutting a hand off? Of course, of course, it's ridiculous to me. But are are the people who support those kinds of things? Is this where they draw the line? That's another thing I'm always interested in. Where where do you draw the line in the sand? I've always been pretty traditional. Uh, marriages between a man and a woman perfectly respectful of same-sex marriages on a civil level so when you're when you're a christian you have two different things that you recognize you have the civil the laws of the land which we are told to obey and and to at least acknowledge as long as we don't have to 
compromise ourselves and our beliefs, I, I'm totally respectful. I, I like gay people. Gay people are, are, are cool. I, I mean, I, I've, I've said this to many of my church people. If I was given the opportunity to spend a evening with a group of gay people that I don't know and a group of church people that I don't know, I'm probably going to go hang out with the gay people. If that makes my Christian people uh, hate me, go ahead and hate on me. And if that makes my gay friends uh, hate hate me because of some of these things that I'm saying, you're going to have to hate. I'm just sharing with you how I see this world. But let me let me get back on this topic of uh, transsexuals. I was watching Dr. Phil, and there was a uh, transsexual female. I think that's the way she identified herself. There's 57 different ways you can identify yourself as far as your sexual orientation or how you relate to the opposite sex, how you relate to the what they say is a spectrum of male and female. So I'm not trying to be disrespectful here, but this guy had a full beard and had beautiful long flowing brown hair, and she was wearing high heels somewhere on the spectrum between male and female. I think she identified as being a trans woman. But she said that sex has nothing to do with what's between your legs. It's between your ears and she actually indicated by pointing and saying that it's in your mind well these transable people this is this is what is in their minds a anorexic person who looks into a mirror and sees somebody fat when the rest of the world is seeing somebody dying and could use a big mac uh, get a happy meal or something eat just eat you know take, take in all the carbs you can you're dying you're withering away but that person sees themselves in a different way. I think about Karen Carpenter. What a tremendous loss, not only to her family, but this world. Beautiful music, very talented. And what was going on within her mind where she literally starved herself to death? But all these people, I'm, I'm going to go back to this uh, authority here rather than uh, keep talking about what I think. Baldwin says that this disorder is starting to be thought of as a neurological problem with the body's mapping rather than a mental illness. Is there some type of connection? That's a, that's a legit question. Is there some type of different mapping? Is Baldwin and that trans female on Dr. Phil saying the same thing? There's something going on between the ears in the brain that is opposite of reality. These are totally legit questions, and I really don't see why people are offended, why some people think other people have to be canceled out, because if there is a true concern about what these are, I mean, these are things to be talked about. You know, people are talking about wanting to teach toddlers and, and young people these things when it's still being debated and trying to figure out what is going on with these people that when they look into a mirror, they see something totally different. What what makes a man, 78-year-old, keep it from his wife for 60 years that he has wanted to be transabled all this time? It sounds very similar to when you hear something like uh, Admiral Rachel Levine, who is now uh, working as our assistant health and safety. I can't remember her title. But she was like in her early 50s, tells her then wife that she wants to be a woman also. It looks very similar to me. I, I'm always willing to listen to comments. I would love to hear what you think about it. Is it apples and apples? Is it apples and oranges? Oh, um, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but the libs of TikTok, you know, 
they have come under a lot of scrutiny. I don't subscribe to the libs of TikTok, but from the little bit that I've seen, it looks like whoever runs that site just pretty much runs those, they call themselves liberals, I'll continue to call them liberals. These liberals who put out these messages, they just put them on their site and collectively uh, let them play in, in their entirety. They don't edit what they say, and I'm going to take it just like I did. I put this out here to be heard, so if somebody wants to take it and play it, as long as you don't edit it, um, go ahead. So some of the things that are on this uh, libs of TikTok, and, and they are, they are played in their entirety. They're not edit it to make it look bad. They're actually put out there and let the people express exactly what they want to express. But anyhow, here's, here's an example of a uh, lib on TikTok. It's a Kentucky woman. She's running what she is uh, calling a sexy summer camp where she's going to be teaching toddlers and youngins how to masturbate. Now, seriously, folks, I would think social services would be needing to run over there investigate this woman maybe they should hold back and see what kind of parents are getting ready to drop their kids off at this uh, day camp or this summer camp then you have another professor uh, that lost his job I guess after this got out but he put it out there it was just consolidated on this uh, one site that evidently is very popular it was a professor that uh, was trying to destigmatize uh, adults who are attracted to children Yes, pedophiles, are their feelings get hurt because of the term pedophile. And what this professor recommended was that this, this group would be called MAP instead of pedophiles. I think that means, I think that means minor attracted person. So, yeah, and uh, I guess it got out in the university. I think they supported this fella uh, prior to and may even knew his views, but because this got out public, which he put it out there, he wanted people to watch it. Uh, I think he lost his job. And then you had another uh, very woke progressive teacher that lost his job for printing something to the effect of F the parents and I'm your parent, I'll be your parent, or asking the questions why are pedophiles bad. You know, it's going to concern a lot of parents. So I don't know. Well, we have come over well over 30 minutes and I have sat here and rambled. I hope you uh, enjoyed. I know it following me sometimes must be like hunting squirrels and fishing at the same time i kind of bounce all over the place but this is what rambling fridays is about i hope you uh enjoyed it incredibly i'm surprised at how many people look forward to my friday ramblings but that's what this was all about i hope you'll come back and listen to some of the other podcasts i will be following up on a second part on the la county prosecutor george gascon there was just so much there to cover and again, we got past 30 minutes, and I, I, I realized I'm going to have to come back to this, have a second part, at least, at least a second part. Might go into a third part, I don't know. But anyhow, it's at this point that, as I always do, I'm going to bid you a fond adieu, pray for blessings upon your house, and uh, hey, people, keep it civil. There's no reason why we can't talk amongst each other, have legitimate questions, just be respectful towards one another. Okay, so I'm out like a scout. Hope you have a beautiful weekend, and uh, until we can get back together, you take care of yourself. Bye.